Good morning, my name is David Smith. I head up the team of the Evangelical Alliance in Northern Ireland. It's my privilege to do that. These are strange times, aren't they? I'm sure, like me, many of you have had a strange eight weeks. This is the most dressed up I've been in eight weeks, and truth be told, I'm wearing my shorts uh, underneath this jumper. Um, but yeah, it's, it's a strange time. I'm at home with three small kids, aged five, um, age six, <laughs> four and one and life is still busy but we're not rushing, we're not hurrying uh, and, and we're just uh, finding a new rhythm, a new normal and I'm sure it's the same for many of you. As I say I head up the team at Evangelical Alliance in Northern Ireland. Um, we do two main things, unity and advocacy. Evangelicals have a tendency to go off in lots of different directions and the Evangelical Alliance tries to bring people from lots of different denominations around the gospel again, around um, the good news of Jesus. We try to resource and equip the church to share Jesus. So churches like yours, like Presbyterians, like Baptists, like Independents, Elam come together around the gospel. We also advocate into the public square and we try to represent um, the concerns of our members and the broader Christian community to government. So unity and advocacy, that's what we do. And, and it, it ties into today's uh, service about salt and light. That's very much what we seek to do. I love this space where faith and law and politics and culture uh, mix. Uh, it's a real privilege to be involved in that space, but it's challenging too. And uh, today we're going to be looking at how you live on the front line how you mould culture in this space, wherever your front line might be. So I'm going to just read the passage. It's Matthew 5, 13 to 16. Um, it's just a short passage. I'll read it uh, just now. You're the salt of the earth, but if the salt loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? It's no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled underfoot. You're the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden, neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead they put it on a stand and it gives light to everyone in the house in the same way. Let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. You are the salt of the earth. You are the light of the world. It's strange to read and return to such familiar words to many of us in such foreign times as now. But maybe that's the point. These words have already weathered over 2,000 years, travelling across language and landscape, culture and time. These are very humbling and, and domesticated images. Salt and Candles would have been found in the home of every hearer at the time who was listening to Jesus, whether they were rich or poor. And it's the same today. I'm sure you have salt and candles in your home. These are basics, essentials, everyday things that we can easily overlook. And yet they are transformative. And, and these words bring us back into the ancient story. And yet they are words of action propelling us forwards and outwards into its unfolding today. These word pictures have spoken through seasons of persecution and plague, through seasons of blessings and battles. They have echoed in periods of sobering silence. 
and they still cut through the white noise of ceaseless communication today. So I wonder as we start to think about these images, do we have ears to listen to these words afresh as the Holy Spirit might be prompting us? Oh, we've heard them before, sure, but recently have we forgotten how to stop, how to wait, to listen to the Lord, to sit with these words and let them reshape us fit for this new moment? Do we have eyes to see the pictures created by these words? Yes, we've seen the images before, sure. But have we really seen ourselves in them and through them? Let's dive a little bit deeper. So what's the wider context of these words? Well, in the chapter right before Matthew 5, where we find them, Jesus is described as beginning his ministry. Matthew 4.17 says he was preaching repent or turn around for the kingdom of heaven is near. The salt and light words come at the beginning of the Sermon on the Mount where Jesus begins to describe and lay out what this kingdom of heaven looks like. And it's very different from the earthly kingdom that the Jewish people were hoping for as they were waiting for their Messiah. Immediately before the images of salt and light are the Beatitudes in Matthew 5, 1-12, These beautifully capture some of the very radical ideas and values, attitudes and the character traits for those who sought to be part of the kingdom of heaven that Jesus was preaching about. This kingdom was different to the cultures of the day and different to the culture of today. Not ruled by the wealthy and the proud and the self-righteous or the strong and the bloodthirsty. No, this was a counterculture where the meek would inherit the earth. Those who were hungry for justice would be filled, and those who sought peace were called the children of God. These words speak to us about a distinctive identity. A distinctive identity. Being salt or light is not a burden or a duty, but a privilege, and in fact part of our identity. Have you noticed how these words from Jesus bestow identity upon us? You are the salt of the earth. You are the light of the world. I wonder, are we willing to receive this identity in new ways today? Can we see ourselves afresh through the lens of these words? Today in 2020, in the midst of all the practical and social, local and global changes around COVID-19, You are the salt of the earth and the light of the world. You embody these images of God's good news kingdom. Your identity is one who carries a distinctive flavour into the cultural conversation. You preserve God's good in the world and speak daringly of a healing which goes beyond even body, sickness and death, stretching to the whole of his creation and the renewal of all things. Your identity is one who sheds light around them and into spaces, the spaces that you inhabit. Your home, your presence in person or online, it it casts an otherworldly hue of colour. It brings, it reveals light. God's presence dwelling, shining through you helps people see the world as it should be. Themselves as they should be helps them see Jesus. These words speak of a distinctive influence. 
So a distinctive identity is bestowed upon us, but a distinctive influence that we are to have and to carry. Salt and light are both agents of change. You can see a candle in a bright room or in daylight, yes, but in complete darkness the human eye can see a single candle at a window from over 48 kilometres away. Light illuminates the darkness, helping us see what we otherwise could not see, clearly and truly what is in front of our eyes. Light in scripture is often a symbol for truth. Light uncovers and reveals just as God's truth does the same in our hearts and in our lives. Salt has a distinctive taste of its own, but we don't just sit down to eat a meal of salt, or at least we shouldn't. Salt really comes to life when it preserves something that would otherwise decay, or it brings flavours out of a meal that would otherwise be missed. Psalm 34, 8 encourage us to taste and to see that the Lord is good. Salt and light help us to do this, to taste and to see. And part of our role in any culture is to help others to taste and to see that the Lord is good. To bring his beatitude values and character into the culture around us as a distinctive counterpoint. These things, salt and light, are to some degree defined by and distinctive to what is around them. They are not passive, they affect and change things. And this transformative influence can be really powerful. Luther said, with his single word, I can be more defiant and boastful than they with all their power, swords and guns. A distinctive act of kindness or mercy in a culture where this is not the norm can be much more powerful and transformative than an act of retaliation or aggression. Salt prevents decay. In the same way, part of our role and influence is to stop the spread of evil, to stand against what is wrong and for what is right. Light reveals the true picture. In the same way, part of our role and influence is to be bringers of light, truth and beauty. We are not just there to prevent evil, but to point to the better and the best, the kingdom rule and reign of Jesus Christ through relationship with him. So we have a distinctive identity bestowed upon us. We have a distinctive influence that we are to carry. And finally, a distinctive invitation. There is a warning in Jesus' words, and it's found in both the images. The salt is to remain salty, and the light is to shine brightly. And Jesus infers here that it can be easy for salt to lose its flavour and for light to be hidden. We need to be awake to this and to guard against it. There will be temptations to blend in and to hide. To live in the dominant story being told in the culture around us. A story of much human good, yes, but much human bad. And a story largely and ultimately devoid of hope beyond our own humanity. Disenchanted from the story of the Lord God who created us and sustains us. And there is a story being told in the culture on your front line. I wonder what it is. Who's telling the story? 
What are the values of the culture on your front line and who are the influencers in it? Culture can be changed by dramatic events for sure, like we're experiencing right now. But more often than not, we mould culture by small but distinctive everyday practices. And there's huge opportunities to do that right now, present in both the word pictures of salt and light. Opportunities to be part of God's transformation of the world around you through his presence in you. We live differently in and among our family, our friends, our colleagues, so that, in the words we read, people may see your good deeds and praise your Father in heaven. There is a hope, there's an expectation, and there's an invitation here that is distinctive. The purpose of your distinctive identity and your distinctive influence is so that people see a connection between your actions and your faith in the Lord Jesus. It's not that they see you and think that you are great, but that they connect your way of life with Jesus. They see something of the character of the Beatitudes and of the Sermon on the Mount in you, a different posture. Are you speaking words that are distinctive in your front line? Is the value you place on people distinctive in your front line? Is your attitude to money and stuff distinctive in your front line culture? What about your perspective and view of the world? How distinctive is that to others in your front line? How is the manner of your life, the way that you're living, inviting people to find a life-transforming relationship with the Lord. So to sum up, a distinctive identity, influence and invitation. This week, I hope and pray that you're salty and bright. A distinctive incarnational presence. Jesus living in and through you as you worship and witness and mould the culture around you on your front line.